Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pat Price Tech Talk Training Room. I'm Larry Gassman, co-chair of Accessible World and Tech Talk, and we are ready to delve into the world of humanware with Peter Tusuk, who is not only the brand ambassador, he's probably the grand ambassador of humanware, and we have not had him with us on Tech Talk for at least almost two years. It's been quite a while, certainly before the pandemic. And I'm so anxious to learn all about the stuff that's happened and is going to happen. And for me to shut up would be a good thing so that we can say thank you and welcome to Tech Talk, Peter Tusick. Larry, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone. I know it's been a while. I see a lot of familiar names. And uh, for myself, it's certainly been a long time. Uh, I know I, one of the last times I was in here, I was pretty sick and I was rolling through it. Now, tonight, I'm not sick. But you may hear, uh, I have a daughter who is almost two, and we, I'm calling it toddler tendencies. So she's, she's, she, uh, she can be quite vocal, and it's almost bedtime here in the central time zone for her. So uh, you may hear her in the background, but certainly uh, she, she, she's on a mission. So just uh, if you can understand her, let me know, because I am still trying. Uh, with that being said, thrilled to be here. Uh, it's definitely been a while, and we're going to talk about a lot of things that have happened. As always, I will take questions. Uh, I, as, as everyone knows, who's kind of heard me do these, these things before, if you've attended other webinars or training sessions uh, that I've done, it's definitely, you know, uh, questions are a big part of, of what I believe in and, and I want to talk with all of you. So certainly is, is a big part of this. Uh, we're going to touch on three well, two products that did not exist the last time I was on, and then one uh, that the BrailleNote Touch Plus, which has had some major updates. But we'll be talking about the brand new Stellar Trek. Um, I'll be touching on that, and certainly then we'll take some questions. I'll then deviate and flip over to talking about the Brilliant BI 20 and 40X and, and the Mantis. And those, those I know I've talked about in some spots. Uh, but certainly we'll have some questions there as we've had quite a few updates since the launch of the products. And then I will finish up kind of talking about where, uh, what we've done with BrailleNote Touch Plus. We've had some major updates there and we're working on some things with coding uh, that I'd love to talk about as well. And I was in Louisville last week at the annual meetings for the American Printing House for the Blind. And the final piece I will touch on is a very short, you know, short smattering on, on what we're doing in that space. And I know we've talked about this at ACB, NFB, and, and, and other conferences in the, over the past several months, but we are working on something pretty major uh, with the American Printing House. It's an equal partnership between ourselves and APH, and uh, it, we're really excited for it. So I'll, I'll be touching on that at the very end. What I'll start with, though, uh, is the, the new Stellar Trek. And this is a product... Uh, that, you know, we, we have been in the GPS space for longer than two decades. I've only been with Humanware for, well, I've been here almost eight years, but I certainly have used Humanware GPS products since way back when, and that will range, I mean, we, everything from Sendero to the original Trekker Maestro and even earlier products um, where you would walk around with backpacks filled with CDs and all sorts of things. Um, the products have, have gotten smaller, um, have gotten more reliable, have certainly you know, be, become more involved if we move, as we've moved forward. One of the latest iterations of the product was the Victor Reader Trek. And that product is not going anywhere. We still support it. We just released a map update for the Victor Reader Trek in June. Uh, actually, it would have been May. 
So your here maps are still in use. They did receive an update. We certainly will be looking to push more updates to the Victor Reader Trek. So I always want to preface this talk of Stellar with the fact that the Victor Reader Trek is not, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not not going anywhere. So it's certainly a part of what we do. It's part of the fabric of our GPS offerings. But what we have done is we have built a standalone GPS product that does differ from the Victor Reader Trek because it doesn't have Victor Reader in the name. It is not a Victor Reader device. It is more in line with our Trekker Breeze or Breeze Plus style of device where it is a standalone GPS unit. Uh, but we've brought in some features that will differentiate it from, from anything standalone uh, that's, that's on the market today. So I'll, I'll touch on kind of some of those differences. The, the very first piece of this is that the Stellar Trek contains two cameras and the cameras are designed for a couple of things. Number one, they're designed for optical character recognition. That would be, you know, if I'm needing to read a piece of mail, if I'm needing to read, um, a, you know, a, a box or a document of some type, we are able to use optical character recognition in the standard way we've all used, pretty much all of us here um, who are who are blind, and I think that's pretty much everyone in the Pat Price room here tonight. Um, we we use OCR on the device in, in the typical fashion. But what we also can do, um, very similar to something like seeing AI, we have a quick reading mode, um, and that allows us to capture text in our environment, sort of a rapid fire, quick interval uh, version of this. And I've demonstrated this on some of our webinars, especially when we launched the product. And I know uh, some of you may have been in attendance, but the 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 way that the quick reading works is it will take a photo every second-ish, uh, and you will hear a shutter sound if you have that enabled, and any text that is in your environment will be read to you. So I use this oftentimes. I actually used it earlier today. I have a friend in town here in Chicago, and I wanted to take them to uh, the Riverwalk, and there were some signs posted on the bus stop. Uh, and they were, they were old signs. They were warning everyone about the marathon, which was yesterday here in Chicago. Uh, but I used the quick reading to kind of quickly take a capture of that sign and gleam some information off of it. I also will use this when I'm moving out and about if I am unable, and I'll talk about the third kind of OCR piece of this, but if I'm unable to get any address recognition to work, I will use quick reading to pull any information. If I'm standing in front of a window of a business, um, Maybe I can't find the address, but maybe I can find the phone number, the name, maybe there's a menu, something to cue me into what I am standing in front of. The whole point of this AI on this device is to help you when you get to that final 30, 40 feet. What do we do? Well, right now we ask a lot of questions. We do a lot of, uh, you know, we're using arcane skills. We're using these various skills to, to find maybe the right house or the right business. And we're asking, how can we take that a step further? Um, and so the third piece of this camera, these two cameras, is a wide angle camera. So the first camera is a, is a narrow, just regular focus camera that we use for OCR and quick reading. The wide angle camera is used for door detection and address recognition. And we will get a series of beeps. Um, we're about to refine this where it'll more guide you toward a door that it sees. And then it will take a photo, tell you if there is a door present, maybe there's more than one, how far that door or those doors are. And then if there is an address on or near or around one of those doors, what that address is. So that's again, the third use of the camera for now at launch. So two cameras on the device, 
you're using them for full page OCR. You're using them for quick reading or quick captures of your environment, very rapid fire, um, read the text and take another photo and read the text and take another photo. Uh, or you're using the camera for this door detection mode, which is, which is meant to tell you if a door is present and then also um, whether or not there is an address and if so, what, what that address is. All of this information is, is, is done offline. Uh, you are not connected. So we don't want, and we don't have access to your photos. Uh, we will at some point offer an opt-in feature if you want to share only your address and door detection photos with us because we can use those to help build our database. And the only way to make AI or machine learning learn is to build databases. And we have a very considerable database. This, this research and these things have been going on for a long period of time. Uh, but we, we know every single door, every single business, every single address placement, there are no standards for these things. So we will have an opt-in feature if you so uh, want you can opt into when you are connected to Wi-Fi, sharing your only your door detection photos with us. We have no interest in your OCR and your quick reading. Uh, certainly want to 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 have that though. The other piece of this with the OCR that is that is somewhat unique is we've worked on an AI um, a, a format. When you take your picture of of you know your your full page OCR, or I demonstrated this with a box of Cheez Its. When you take a picture of a product. The device will break down, you know, a lot of times we get a, we get a picture and it just starts babbling. It starts saying things and, and, you know, things like percent daily value and all these numbers and nothing makes sense. These tables and all this stuff. What we've tried to do is break down the content. So when you take a photo of a box, for instance, um, especially, you know, I, I learned that the ingredients are, are placed on the sides of boxes. So you take a picture of the side of a, a box of cheese, it's or crackers or cereal. And you can move through tables, so nutritional facts. And then you press your right arrow again and you move to ingredients. And you press your right arrow again and you might move to the text block that talks about the product itself. So what we're doing is we're trying to take OCR a step further in breaking down, maybe you have cooking instructions. Um, maybe you have you know, something else on there. I think the main pieces will be ingredients, cooking instructions, and nutrition facts where when they're read together in one big long strand, uh, almost like a Jack Kerouac scroll, just goes on and on and on and on. And you really have a hard time deciphering or, or drilling down into any of that info. So we are trying to, to bring that forward and that will certainly adapt as well. I think Larry was just talking about getting all kinds of nonsense from a menu. Um, and that can happen. You know, OCR is not perfect. And, and I will never, ever, ever sit here and tell you that this device is flawless and your door detection works 100% of the time and it's the best OCR you've ever used. Um, I, I certainly believe though that the quality of the OCR is phenomenal and the, the ability to start and will only improve, but the ability to start to drill down into some of this other info you're gathering from these pictures um, is, going to, is going to really make things useful and helpful. The product has your standard, all of the things we've offered on GPS for many years. Um, that would be turn-by-turn -turn instructions, um, virtual map browsing, being able to sit on your couch. I know I've, I've demonstrated it here. Uh, being able to sit and, and explore the, the area around an upcoming conference convention, maybe just your, your own home uh, to learn the lay of the land. We certainly offer all of that. We offer uh, you know, your route recording. So if you walk a route, it can be re recorded for future use or indoor previewing when you return or backtrack to your starting origin point. 
we will offer landmarks, uh, being able to drop those in. And now you can rename them with text or you can rename them with voice. The device will work with USB-C or Bluetooth keyboards. So again, a start into changing the way we do text entry. Text entry has been a challenge on many of these devices. So whether it's the Victor Reader Track, you know, the stream, you definitely can get the hang of it, but it can be very challenging. This device does not have a keypad. So you're not using this T9 type of entry. What you're doing is you're navigating a virtual keyboard uh, like you would on a on a on an Apple TV or or on an Amazon, you know, uh, or Samsung TV where the keyboard comes up and you navigate the grid or the QWERTY layout. And I've done a lot of videos on our www.humanware.com website. If you go under support, which is a link, you can actually just go to support.humanware.com. But if you go there under the Victor Reader Trek page, I'm sorry, under the, the Stellar Trek page, there are a, about nine, and I will be increasing this, but nine videos I've done that walk you through key aspects of the product. How do you connect to Wi-Fi? What do you do in the initial startup wizard? Uh, how do you how do you enter text using you know the on-screen keyboard, uh, that that virtual keyboard that is there? you know, how do you work with these pieces? So you can really hear and start to get a sense of how the device works uh, prior to, to getting your, you know, getting your demo or, or, or kind of getting one yourself if it's something you're interested in. The other piece is you are able to dictate to the device. And a lot of times today we are used to dictation that is very fluid. Um, it's real-time dictation where you can say something like directions to the nearest McDonald's um, and, and you can pull that up. We're not there yet. Uh, we will we will, we will move forward, but right now, because all of our stuff, we don't have call and response capabilities because everything is housed on the device. You are going to be able to dictate when you're entering an address and it says what city you can, and I've, I demonstrate this in the videos, what city I might say Chicago, because that's where I live. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm very familiar with Chicago. Um, what's, you know, what street, um, what civic or address number you're able to dictate into those fields. There's a voice button on the device that will allow you to, to um, dictate and then that will, will search for your results. And I've demonstrated this on some videos. So it is a product, we're not departing from what we've done. We're not reinventing the wheel in the sense of GPS and what we offer. Yes, there are some improvements, the dictation, uh, the ability to um, you know, rename landmarks with text, for instance. Some of those are small new features. Primarily, though, the device will function as the GPS products have uh, with all of that information and everything we're used to. We're still using here maps. These are uh, high definition here maps. So they are a bit different. The routing engines are a bit different. You can now get routes uh, across state or country lines if that's something you need. Um, but it is, you know, it's a device where we're, we're definitely looking forward to improving on the AI side. What can we do with? you know, with those cameras. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities and I know we could spend a lot of time talking about that and we love feedback. So you can always, you can always let me know. Um, and there, you know, th there are opportunities. I mean, you think about money, you think about, um, you know, indoor navigation, you think about other types of signage, you, you really can get creative with cameras. Uh, you know, we, we think about detection of crosswalks or, or, or other pieces as we float through our environments. Well, how would a camera help us as blind or visually impaired travelers? Someone who's needing some more information, we're, we're going to start to be looking into some of those things as we move forward. So the product came out on uh, the end of August. So it is definitely in its infancy. Version 1.1 will be out sometime in the next month or two. And it, it will be, you know, we're looking at a compass, um, being able to, to have a compass, which is extremely important 
when you start traveling because the digital compass is fine. But if your device says head west toward third street and you don't know what way west is, you have to start walking before you're, you're going to know that you're going west. And we've always told folks, start moving and it's going to tell you where you're going. It's not perfect. If we have a compass, you're going to be able to calibrate and you're going to be able to hold the device in the palm of your hand and actually get a sense of the, your, the direction you're facing. Um, and that's something, again, sounds small, uh, but it's something that we, we need to be putting in these devices. And, and so this amongst other features uh, will, will, will be relevant. I am going to switch over to talking about some Braille products, but I do want to take about five to six, seven minutes if there are some initial questions and I can retouch on some of these pieces as well. But if there are any questions, I'd like to take them. The other thing I'd like to mention is there is a Stellar Trek user group that uh, I have started uh, with Matthew Paquette, who's our new product manager. I'm sure some of you may have seen him on the Victor Reader stream list and some other places. Um, the It's a standard groups.io list and it is Stellar Trek users at groups.io. So S-T-E-L-L-A-R-T-R-E-K-U-S-E-R-S at groups.io. Again, if you want to subscribe, standard Stellar Trek users, the word, uh, the plus sign, the word subscribe at groups.io. So that is something and you, you can find it on our support page as well. That is a very, very lightly used list at this point. It is really probably only two or three users right now that will grow. So certainly if you want some more information, it's another avenue to ask questions, hear feedback, or just watch things go by um, and certainly uh, learn some info. So any questions, Larry, anything popping yeah. up, any hands raised? Uh, uh, we've got questions. Hopefully you've got right. answers. So. I Sometimes I do. You <laughs> never know. Yeah. Ron? I, uh, okay. looks like Mitchell's the first person. Mitchell, you're on. What's the pricing and what's up with your Victor Reader product itself? So. Uh, the pricing so for the Stellar Trek, the pricing is one five nine five US, so fifteen ninety five US. When you talk about what's up with the Victor Reader Stream, uh, I've been on here uh, talking about the fact that we certainly put out a survey. It was about twenty months ago at this point in time, uh, looking at what would be done and and what are what folks' thoughts were on the Victor Reader Stream product. As we know, and I can really get into details, but the pandemic uh, from a standpoint, we've had to take three price increases this year alone. Our supply chains have been extremely affected. And this has also affected a lot of the R&D and, and development work we've been doing. We do not have an infinite team. I will also say that the great resignation is real. It certainly affected us as well on the R&D side. And you know, we, we had plans. So when, when you develop a product, from incept or you know inception kind of to actually being a real thing, your standard window is going to be somewhere in the 18 to 24 month time frame. That's just very typical. It doesn't matter if you're Apple, if you're um, you know some startup toothbrush company, uh, whatever you have, you will look at a, at about that window. We are at about 20 months of that, you know that from when we put out the survey. We, we have certainly had some, some, a lot of information gleamed from that survey. I am not a product manager. Uh, We're definitely working on some of those pieces, but I don't, nothing is imminent. And I've said this before, nothing is imminent. There's not, I wish the minute I have a demo, I will send an email to Alan and Myrna and Larry and John and everybody and say, guys, I have something. Uh, may I please come on and talk about the new stream? And I'll, and I'll probably you know, I'll, I, I would think I'd be on pretty quickly uh, if there is something for me to to talk about, but I have nothing there. There's absolutely nothing. So 
we, again, I think we need to give ourselves, uh, we're still not out of that window. And we also really, you know, we, I, I would have loved to have seen something sooner. I certainly would love to know what's going on from, from that side, but it's been a, it's been a crazy time. And we're, we're, it's really hard in this space when you have to take price increases, we've had to take three of them this year. That is not something we want to do. It's just not. Uh, but it, it is something we have to do with supply chain, all these other issues. So Mitchell, the stream, what's up with the stream is an awesome question. And I, I wish I had some answers, but uh, hopefully the next time I'm on here, which will be way less than two years, uh, I'll certainly have some news. Okay, Mary Ellen is next. Um, will this Stellar Trek do uh, motorized vehicle routes? And I will mute so you can answer. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Mary Ellen. Absolutely. So it will do both pedestrian or vehicle routes. Um, it automatically detects. But when you do put in a landmark, you know, you can say, do you, do you want vehicle instructions? Do you want pedestrian instructions to, to that address or that landmark? Or do you want to place yourself in virtual map browsing mode at that location uh, to, to learn, you know, the, the, the landscape or the, the, the street grid around that location? So it will do three types of, you know, of, of real time, if you will, travel, pedestrian, motorized, and virtual. It's a great question. Okay, Debbie. Hi, Peter. Um, I was just wondering how far away from a sign do you need to be or how close to the sign, should I say, do you need to be for it to be able to read that sign to you? So this is this is this is great, right? It's it's pretty subjective, though. I, I think what will what it will depend on is do you know where the sign is, <laughs> which, which we I was don't, thinking right? like in a shopping mall or something, you know, like for the so stores in, in general, we don't know where those signs are. Um, you're generally going to be at about 20 to 30 feet. So if, again, if there is text in that, in that capture, it will read it to you. So one of the hardest parts of, 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 of answering that question is, do we know where the sign is? So I, I referenced what I was taking a picture of today at the bus stop. It was something that was attached to the bus stop. Mm -hmm. I took a group. I don't know if anyone's here. I, didn't, I haven't looked at the participant list in detail, but I did take a group in New Orleans on a pub crawl. Uh, we went to a few places on Bourbon Street. You can imagine how that went. In front of one of them, though, there was a, a billboard that I had folks take pictures of, and it had the specials listed for the particular place we were going. You know, that stuff works. And again, we knew where the sign was. So we were able to take a pretty good capture and, and get the information. If, if you're just kind of aiming and firing, you're going to get signs, but they're not going to be perfect because you probably won't be centered directly on that, that, that text. I have used it. I, I know someone brought up using the uh, the Envision glasses to take a photo of the TV. I've used uh, the Stellar Trek to take a picture of my TV. I've also used it to take a picture of my computer, which I also use Seeing AI to do this sometimes. When your screen reader fails, and uh, I've, we've certainly all had these situations where we don't know if our computer's on or we don't know what's going on, it it will read that information as well. So I, I was able to know my computer was at least turned on, you know, and I, and I knew I was on the startup screen. Same way with taking a picture of the TV, was able to get the phone number of the business that was being advertised. Um, the use case of getting the phone number of maybe you're watching QVC or maybe you're watching, you know, they don't give you the number all the time. Um, right. Could be a, a great use case there or, or you know, um, I think it was what number do you want to use to call in and, and participate kind of like back in the Larry King live days, you know, you can just call in and go, uh, you know, that would be a use case as well. So 30 feet is, is what I'll say. 
but truly it, it, it's going to differ on what type of text and if you know where that text is. And as far as the door detection, if you are in a shopping mall, indoor shopping mall, does it actually detect the door or just yes. an entrance? So it will detect the doors. Um, I, you know, if I'm in a shopping mall, I think you're going to have better luck using door detection combined with quick reading because quick reading will actually tell you what the business name is. If, you know, if that's on or near that door, door detection is just going to tell you how far and at what, what uh, clock face direction the door is. So maybe 20, 20 feet or, you know, more than 15 mm -hmm. feet at one o'clock, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to turn to my right and, and head over there. Um, but it will, you know, and again, it's not perfect. I think, you know, and sometimes you'll have a door next to a window and it may see that as two doors. The same is true. If you're using the iOS door detection, it's, it's learning, it's learning. We're, we're getting there. Um, but it's, it's a start into using this in creative ways and, um, you know, we'll, we'll let you come in. And usually these stores are all open, you know, the, the doors are open or they slide them up. Right. Like garage doors. And when they close at night, they pull those the gates grates. down, I think. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it will um, detect those, those it types will detect of doors. That. Uh -huh. yes. Yep. Okay. Cause it'll see. Thank them. you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. We'll take, uh, we'll take one or two more. Okay. Myrna is next. So Peter, I have one enhancement for you since everybody else is doing it. So since there's camera, since there's internet, you see where I'm going, why not partner with Ira? And maybe you guys have thought about it, um, like the Envision classes do, because so the GPS is great and what it will do is great. But the times when you need a little bit more or, hey, I can't read this traffic, um, you know, kind of thing, would that be a possibility? And maybe you can't even say. It's a, it's a, it's a great question. And we, we definitely know that indoor mapping, uh, you know, there, there are wonderful companies out there. Ira is one of them. Good maps is another, uh, yeah. there are others. We have, we have every intention of, of wanting to go down those roads. The problem Myrna is you need offline capabilities. Same with the Ira. I mean, you, when you're using Envision glasses, you have to tether yeah. yourself to something. There's yeah. no, there's, we don't have approval from the FCC to get that device having data. And if even if we did, we'd need a lot of certifications in other countries. So if the FCC would allow us, well, not really allow us, if we paid the money to get validated or certified as a mobile device in the, in the US, what do we do in Europe and what do we do in, in, in other countries? And that's been yeah. an issue. So we want to go down those roads, but we need to find uh, both ways of, of getting data through and not saying, well, yeah, you, you can connect, but you have to tether yourself to something. It's been a it's been a challenge there, um, being able to tether because again it, it would be a hardwired wire tether realistically, unless you're going to use a hotspot. But even at that point, you're going to need multiple devices to get the job done. So we're we're looking at it. I think there are some very promising pieces to offline AI when it comes to some of the the indoor mapping things we're seeing. Um, but it's 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 on our radar. You know, we know that the devices will be used at home with Wi-Fi. So that'd be great if you could use it at home uh, to, yeah. to connect to Ira or connect to to these live agents, maybe be my eyes or something like that. Uh, but certainly, you know, when you're out and about, which is where you where you would want that feature, um, we're going to have to find a way or a solution that isn't going to be so multifaceted. So it it's oh, you know, it's on the radar. It's certainly something that we're conscious of. I just don't know. You know, we, we need the right agreement, not just to to put something in place. And, and we've had a few of those discussions. So it's it's on our radar. Oh, good. Because they're using Envision glasses. You you use your phone as a hotspot. Right. Which, you know, 
which certainly you can do. You know, everybody's which is good. Again, I I think one of the things we try to do is to solve the problem for our users who don't know or have smartphones. Mm -hmm. And you know, we 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 do a lot of work in the VA. Uh, We do a lot with folks who are newer to vision loss, who are you know who who won't have that innate access. And so, yes, I it is a solution. I don't know if it's our solution. It doesn't mean it won't be. Uh, but I, I think we need to and want to be creative in, in how we can do it. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I'd love to say something was, was coming, but it, it's going to be some time there. And the other piece is we need to work out, you know, we, we don't have wearable glasses with speakers in them. How are you going to hear that information? And will your, will your mic be, where will your mic be placed in real time when you're traveling or moving with the device so that somebody can hear you when you have concerns? Um, you know, and will you be doing this on some sort of, you know, some sort of AirPod or something? So there are other pieces to, to consider, but yeah, they're all, they're all, uh, they're all on our radar. Yeah, so. thought, and that would be the next enhancement. Just, okay, it works. It's great. But what if it doesn't, or what if you didn't get, if you needed just a little more help yeah. and it, you know, would yeah. it be possible? So no, this is interesting. Oh, I, it's, uh, we know it's the, we know it's kind of that final frontier. I think I I personally put a lot, a little bit more emphasis on the indoor navigation side than the real-time assistance side, uh, personally on a device like this, because if we can, we we know that some of these offline capabilities are there. So, but, but again, I, um, you know, it's a, we, we're a team over here that really is, is going to be a Matthew decision. And one of these points we'll, we'll all meet Matthew. We'll have him on. Um, and you know, some of that stuff will come down to, to, to partnering up and, and working with, uh, working, working all of that, that other side out that I really don't know anything about, which is the money side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but thanks, you go on. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, if it's all right, what I'm going to do, Alan and everyone, uh, I'm going to talk about some brilliant and we, we certainly, I'm happy to answer more stellar Trek questions, but I don't want to to lose too much time here. So I'm going to pivot um, and talk about what we're doing on the brilliant side of things. USB um, connection. I do have this connected because I wanted everyone to hear it. So we, we launched the brilliant BI series of uh, the BI X series. That is X for 10 years of BI. BI just stands for braille input, meaning they have a keyboard. Uh, but we launched this in January of 21 and we are, you know, we, we refer to them and we, they're in the category of intelligent braille displays. And w- what we're going for with that is a braille display that has some enhanced functionality than just being a braille terminal, um, being able to work directly with various online libraries, having a note taker and file management, um, having some other pieces that we know that our users of braille displays have wanted, but have only been available on kind of the, the certified Google note taker types of products or, or Braille note Apex. And so we have been able to put out two versions of the Brilliant. Uh, there is a 20 cell and a 40 cell version. They did coincide with the launching of the Mantis and the Chameleon, which are two APH or American Printing House products uh, that are you know, similar. Um, the, the Mantis is a full QWERTY unit um, and the chameleon is very similar to the 20, but does have some not, you know, some features that are not on the device. So some of the shortcut pieces, some of the access to a library like Bookshare, for instance. Um, I'm sorry, NLS Bard, for instance, is not going to be on the chameleon. So we but we have put these devices out 
And we've had various partners who've been very interested in what we are doing, particularly American Printing House for the Blind and also you know, the National Library Service and others who have said, this is something we want to be a part of. Can we bespoke this for our needs? Um, and that is some, not something we control. We don't, we have no say over, we, you know, we, we, we develop a product, but if a spec is lacking, you know, that's something that is up to the company, you know, the, the folks or the entity that wants to take on that product. So something like an e-reader is not going to have the same features because that those specs are created by the national library service. Same with the command structure. Sometimes I know folks say, well, you build them all, uh, you know, why can't I do this? And I've been helping out in tech support lately. Um, to fill in for some some time, and I'm doing a lot of voicemails, as is my team of product specialists. And I've had a couple of individuals call with e-reader questions, and I will you know refer them to their local library um, because that is where the support comes from. Because we do not build the products; none of our agents even have a product, and the command structure is very different from that of a Brilliant. So please keep that in mind. Um, you know, when we develop a product, our own products are the products we support. If you're looking kind of for or the other products, even though they feel the same, or they might have some of the same features, that feature set is, is developed kind of at the, the behest or the roadmap of some of these other partners that we have. So you'll, you'll, you'll need to keep that in mind. What we've brought though, um, is a product that, you know, we, we've, we've had three major updates, um, and a product that's really evolved. The latest update brought speech or TTS to the product. So you are able to have there are, there are four, the three languages supported on the product, Spanish, French, and English. Um, you are able to bring in TTS. So if you are you know, working in the notepad, which is the, the Braille sort of P, the, the, the text editor that is, um, you're able to have speech, you're able to have Braille, you know, you're going to get that basic speech interface. You are also now able to work in Braille or BRF file editing and creation. So this was something that was not on the device at launch, something we brought in right before the speech update, um, we were able to bring in the Braille editing side. Um, so being able to take notes or, or work in that scratch pad or Braille environment, you can certainly then export those notes as BRF you know, into the text editor, where they could then be worked with in a TXT format. But we, you know, the, the reception to this product, the BI20 and BI40 has been extremely positive. Uh, we've had just so many folks join our user list, which is the Brilliant BIX user list. So Brilliant-BI-X-users at groups.io. That's been very well received and it is not a support list. It is absolutely not under any circumstance, a list where someone says, Peter, how do I do this? Or, you know, it is something though, where we you're able to bounce ideas off other users. I try to participate when I can, as does Andrew Flatris, who's our, our Braille product manager, as do other humanware team members, Rachel and Joel, certainly some others have, you know, are, are watching uh, that list and, and making sure that pieces are being cataloged. But it is meant to be very much a, a user forum um, where we do have a little bit of control. I, we don't want it to get out of control and, and slanderous or get a, get a little out there. So we, we, do, we do monitor that. But it is something that uh, we found to be a great tool. And so the user base has really grown. And a lot of folks who were not using you know, the, the full note taker are now kind of really interested in some of these pieces because we have access to these online libraries. So the, the BI20 and 40X can connect to Bookshare. They can connect to the NLS Braille catalog. And they can also connect to NFB Newsline. 
Um, that's been huge because again, that access is something that until now, I mean, it, it's been on other pieces, but not in a braille first environment. We are definitely looking at expanding the libraries offered. Um, we know we have lots of international users who use libraries in like Vision Australia or the CNIB or the RNIB. Um, and those are pieces we, we definitely have on our radar to implement. Um, we have brought in some other features though, you know, the ability to open PDFs. Um, a lot of then info that concerns more, more specific user sort of groups. So the uh, having one-handed mode, for instance, on the device, um, being able to customize kind of the startup experience. Do you, do you want to get rid of menu applications? Do you want to just start in terminal mode? Maybe you don't want to use any of this other stuff and you just want the device to start in terminal mode. Um, you know, do we want to turn off your Braille keyboard when you're working in terminal mode? Some of these pieces that, that, you know, our, our user base has, has informed us. So we've been able to continuously bring updates out. Uh, we've, I, you know, I know the, the roadmap is long, but I know that libraries and some other pieces would be a major focus. I've also definitely seen the, why can't I open the, you know, these, these very large files, or why can't I do various pieces uh, like I can on my PC? Um, I, and I, I, I'm always tell everyone the whole, the point of this device at its core is a braille terminal. Um, and you know, if you're using and doing some of that heavy lifting, you definitely, you want to be doing that on your PC. You're using this as a braille display with that screen reader to do that hardcore editing, to do that, that footnoting, or to do that kind of breaking up of content. So it's been, uh, you know, I think the clarity there, um, I've definitely had some folks very much misquote some of the things I've said, uh, which, which is okay. It happens on a lot of our, a lot of our pieces where, you know, we, someone hears something and we'll kind of push something through out there. And then, uh, then I have to kind of find and explain it. But, uh, it, I know that that has been a little bit of a concern. Somebody who purchases the product and thinks it will do everything that say their Braille note apex maybe did. Um, or says, well, I have these files, you know, I'm a, I, I want to do these things that I do in Microsoft Word, um, and I want to do it in this in this editor. And it's just not going to be feasible. It's just not there. And it's mainly due to the, the Aspos library that's under the hood. It's also at some times due to the processing power and due to other pieces. But it, you know, we, we've we've had some tremendously positive feedback um, on the Brilliant BI X series. The other major piece that doesn't get talked about as much, but is extremely important is you're able to connect these devices to your PC uh, or your Mac, and they will show up as removable drives. So you're able to move files back and forth that way. If you don't have a thumb drive, um, or if you have a 20 cell unit, it can also take SD cards. Maybe you don't, you don't have one of those. It will show up as removable storage. Um, you're also using USB-C, uh, which allows you obviously to, to plug in the cord either way, as well as just transferring data in a fast manner and, and whatnot. But USB-C is really going to be the new standard. Same with Stellar Trek, same with anything we're doing at this point. BrailleNote Touch Plus, uh, Explore 12. Our products, you know, we're really going down that road. So we we are thrilled with where this has gone. We're excited for where it's going. Um, it's not even two years old. So we, we know there will be lots of more updates to the BIX series. And, you know, that, that will encompass as well some of the the other pieces so you think about the mantis uh, which is a, an extremely well-received product that is the american printing house product we do distribute it internationally but it is a qwerty unit with 40 braille cells there are no audio capabilities on the device 
So it does not have text-to-speech, does not have audio support for unprotected DAISY, uh, like the, the BI20 and 40X do. But it is something that we have a, a, a dedicated user base. I was out in, uh, at the annual meetings for APH last week where they bring in the ex-officios and lots of various folks who, who are in charge of and who work closely with quota funds, both in rehab and in education. And the Mantis still, um, it's been over two years for the Mantis and it's, it's continuously being very, very well received. And there is no shortage of folks asking for feature improvements. Um, one of them, of course, was when the audio came. Someone's saying, well, how does this device not have audio? And it's, you know, it, it's that response that I kind of went to before in that when the, you know, the, the request or that proposal went out and the original, uh, original product from APH, that was not part of the requirements. So we build a product to spec and that's what we did. Um, hindsight tends to be 2020 for, you know, for all of us. And I think we, you know, there's, there definitely are some folks probably who say what it could have, should have, you know, it would be nice. Um, or certainly can we find some sort of solution? Uh, but at this point in time, that's going to be a major, in some folks' mind, limitation of the Mantis is the lack of any sort of external speakers. Um, but you know, we we're we're really really pleased with and excited for how all of this Braille has moved forward, especially in an era when everyone tells us Braille is vanishing or all these other things. And we see the success of the NLSE reader, the success of the Brilliant BI twenty and forty X units the success of the mantis, the success of the chameleon. Um, and it really is something that I, I, uh, we do not take for granted and we'll continue to bring out features and stuff. But I, I know that for, for many, uh, this has been a long time coming to have this sort of hybrid Braille device. So again, there are two models. Um, they do slightly differ. The 20 cell unit has an SD card slot as well as a USB-A type A port. Uh, the 40 cell only has USB type A. Uh, the 20 cell unit can only connect to 2.4 gigahertz networks, whereas the uh, 40 cell unit can connect to 2.4 as well as 5 gigahertz networks. The uh, 40 cell unit has Bluetooth 5.0, has stereo speakers and a microphone. Uh, the microphone is not active yet, but certainly is something we have every intention of bringing in a sort of a notes type of recording app as you have on a stream or trek. Uh, the 20 cell does not have a microphone. It has a mono speaker. So there are some hardware differences. And now that we're out, you know, very much on, on the other side, I will, I will not say we're out of this pandemic, but now that we're out and about, and we are moving around, um, I, I know NFB, there were two great conventions, one in Georgia, the other in Jacksonville last weekend. Um, we were at both. We will be at many other pieces coming up. I'll be out at KingQuest in LA this week. I have some things in Toronto. I know we have um, some things in, in Louisiana and, and other places, Texas, NFB and whatnot, we will be at these places. And so if you're on the fence or you just want to get your hands on something, if you have not been able to get to an event yet, please come find us, check with our, with our dealer distributor network. Um, we want you to get your hands on these devices prior to trying. We, we think it's really important and now we, we can do so. So you can come to a table, um, and try something out, ask questions, come to our user groups, whatever it's going to be. And I know I had a great time in New Orleans at, at NFB. Uh, we had other folks at ACB. Um, it was just not possible. This year, I had to not do both now that I have a family. Uh, but certainly, I, I love getting out there and love answering questions. So anything here, I'll, and I'll, I'll turn it over some questions and I'll spend two, four minutes on the, on the Braille note ticker in a moment. 
But is there anything regarding the Braille displays? So the Brilliant BIX series of displays um, out there at all, Alan, and, and we can take a few questions. Okay, looks like uh, Fran is next. This is Fran. Um, I, I just have to say, if, if anybody is on the fence, buy the BIX products. They're the best. But Peter, I have a problem or a question about, I've got a lot of material on an SD card. And when I'm in church on Sunday morning, I'm going from my Bible to my song list and back and forth, and I'm finding that a little clunky. Um, if I'm in the song list and I have to do like the E chord to get out of that, and then it takes me, it says, create file. Of course, I don't want to do that. I want to get to my back to my Bible. And is there an easy way to do that without having to go through all the file manager yes. and all that stuff? Yes. What, what I think you want to do, and there are two things to your question and, and I love the, uh, the endorsement. So you know, I, 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 uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, you know, you're, you're finding the product useful and I appreciate that when you're in the, you know, the, the editor, if you open your Bible, um, mm -hmm. what you can do, so your files, and it just depends on how you have this structured. I, I don't know because I don't know what your, your specific structure is, but mm -hmm. you do have a recently saved files list in your, in your braille note, uh, in your braille note, in your, uh, <laughs> keypad yes. editor. Okay. And so what you could do, there's a couple of ways you could get this to work. One would be to, you know, when you're in that file, press space with the, and press R and get over into recently saved because it, it could be right there. The other thing you could do that may make it a lot easier for you is use some of the shortcuts backspace, enter and F for instance, um, is going to, you know, bring you into the file manager backspace, yes. enter with E, uh, is going to bring you into the editor and so on. So, you know, I think some of that might help you a lot. I mean, that's why we added those shortcuts. So okay. take advantage of them. You might also want to, maybe you put your, again, depending on how your structure is, maybe you have some of your files in the Victor Reader app and, you know, you, you, whenever you're ready to switch over, you press backspace, enter V and you're, you're placed, you know, into your Victor Reader app. And so you have your song list there, and then you might have your Bible, it's somewhere else or vice versa. So there mm -hmm. are some ways you can make this a bit easier again, without being in your exact, knowing your exact workflow, I, I can't help you customize it. And certainly it's not, okay. this is not the forum to do that, but I think there, there are shortcuts. There are user shortcuts that will help you more quickly flow between applications. And remember you have three places to open content. You have your, your keypad editor, which is your, your text editor. You have your right. braille BRF editor, and you also have Victor Reader. So between the three of them, you can very quickly move through, you know, different different apps. Everything's on an SD card, so I didn't know if that those other options like the Victor Reader and the key editor, you know, if the the keypad would it would they that will help? work? But I'd encourage you, you know, with the way that that the Victor Reader currently works, it indexes everything, which is useful to some and extremely inconvenient to others. So. We're looking at rebuilding how that's done, but I, you know, I, I would save some, I would save some of those things. And I would think maybe the Bible or something that isn't changing or is very, you know, uh, you know, your song list may change or some of those files may change, but if you do have something that isn't as dynamic, I would put that in Victor reader, as opposed mm -hmm. to loading it from the SD card every time. So just some of those pieces, I know you can make this 
faster uh, for yourself. With the Bible, I have like several different versions. So and when I open it in, in the Victor Reader, I'm never sure what version I'm on because it just comes up with First Chronicles. And I'm going like, okay, so what version are you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, so, again, that I, I don't know, Fran. Without having access to what you have, I don't know how right, it's going yeah. or indexing your book list and, and all. And the, the Bible is, is, a, is a big old book with a lot of different books within it, different sections right. and things. So it's hard to say, but I, I do, I mean, I'd encourage you to post to the list with your workflows um, okay. to let, you know, to ask some questions and see if some, some, anyone has some ideas on how to kind of speed things up a little bit and then try some different combinations and you will find something I believe that will work better for you. I would start with not having everything in one on one SD card. Okay. We have about seven more hands. So we want to try and get to everybody. Thank you. Good question. Good question. Good thought. Okay. Steve is next. Good evening. And uh, once again, great presentation. Uh, Thanks so much. I, have a small feature request and I uh, suggestion that you guys really need to pump something that I don't think is being pumped enough. And that is the reconnect feature on the brilliant devices. I mean, it is, yeah. it, it's changed my life. I mean, not having to grab the device and, and the braille device and go into whatever mode. And I mean, it's, it's magic. You, you just hit reconnect and wait about 10 seconds and it pops up under your fingers. I love it. Um, my feature request is uh, the NLS reader has a cool feature called uh uh, you talked about recently saved documents. They have recently opened documents. And if that could be added to the brilliant, I think that would be awesome. Thank you. I love it. So one thing, and thank you so much on the reconnect. It is in the terminal. So if anyone does lose connections, reconnect devices is great because it, it just refires or Bluetooth. And with Bluetooth 5, it can be very, very uh, consistent when you need to reconnect. So I'm glad to hear you're using that, Steve. Um, Yes, recently added, certainly something we can work with. Keep in mind in the Victor Reader, you do have recently read. I know it's not what you're asking, but we do have recently read and then in the in the editor, uh, the keypad editor recently saved. So I will I will make sure that uh we we you know we we can get kind of into that or or at least look at some better multiple document switching uh, would be would be preferred by many users. So thank you. Okay, Viola is next. Good evening, Peter. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream. Oh, good. Me too. I love my Braille displays. I have them both because one's for my phone and one's for my reading Braille and going to Bard and doing all that. But I have a question because back in August, I had an issue where I could not get it connected. And I was so upset because I thought I was going to have to set it back to factory default and all that. It turned out that um, Freedom Scientific, because it was I was connecting to JAWS and it wouldn't connect. And well, anyway, they helped me fix it. Um, that time it was a JAWS issue. So, um, so, but my question was, if I had had to set it back to factory default, or if I wanted to clean the display, or if I wanted to go into, um, you know, the the mode where you can do all those things i could not find it in the manual and i i mean i read that manual through and i either i missed it couldn't find it um so it's a it's a great question so how do you get into diagnostic mode and where would you find that it's in the faqs um and i'll tell you why it's not on the manual manual. i wish it were so it won't be and i'll tell you why there is a reason why the onboard manual uh we and, and again, it's an answer. And these are things we debate internally, uh, certainly come up all the time. And this, this forum 
that we're in is all users. I mean, it is, it's, it's 98, 99% users. However, as a whole, our customer base is very heavily poured into education. And what we've found when we have those pieces on board, the users who are kiddos will do things that are not meant for them to do. And so we have two options. We either A, don't allow anyone to have access to those features. So meaning it's only going to be done by a technician or B, we find other ways to get that information out to our, trying to keep it specific to our user lists. Um, and that's why we've, we've had those instructions posted on the user list from time to time. We've also put them in the FAQs. You know, I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you, Viola. And I, I, maybe it's something we revisit, but I know for a fact that that's the reason why. And so when you have an issue, please call our tech support, get in touch with us, send an email. I know, but you know what? At one in the morning or, you know, right. Well, you got to wait till not one in the morning, but I know what you're saying. It's just that we, we have to be conscious of our user base and we know we, the, the flip side, uh, which we've had, is when these things are available to the masses, thinking of who our user base tends to 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 be, it can be very misused in the in a very bad way, and that is something that directly reflects on us when we get in front of not this type of user forum, but in front of, of teachers and and administrators and decision makers. Uh, they don't like that, and so we do have to to at times look at and try to balance it out. So I I apologize that you couldn't find it. And I, I think, you know, that is where the, the user list and sometimes the FAQs and some of those other pieces can be very, very useful to you. But thanks. And yeah, I'm sorry. I am. And I know, I know, I wish there was a, a better way, but uh, it's that information. So getting into diagnostics, same on a Victor reader stream, you, you really got to know how to do it. Otherwise it's, it's not going to be easy for you to find. Okay. We have phone user area code 917. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, please understand. Um, this is the reason for the question. When a sighted person types, he's he's typing with his fingers and read and reading back with his eyes. Okay. As a blind person, when I'm typing with my fingers, a lot of times I want to hear back with my ears because to take my fingers off the typing and reading Braille slows my pace down. Okay. When when will this device speak uh, speak back to you what you're typing, and when it when won't it speak back to you? That's the first question. And the second question is, if I download a book from NLS, a a BRF book, will it speak that book? All right. Two great questions. Uh, So the device will speak back what you are typing when you are in the text editor. So as you type in the text editor, that is when you are going to have feedback of what it is you are entering. Whether that is typing, you know, you can change your key echo. Do you want it to be words? Do you want it to be characters? Do you want to review that line by line? Whatever it's going to be. When you are in the text editor or when you are using your device in Braille terminal mode, depending on what your screen reader is set to, you will have everything you type based on the verbosity and how you have that configured on your screen reader. When you're in the Braille editor, that is not meant for any sort of feedback because it is meant for somebody to take that short form notes. There's no Braille translator inbuilt into the Braille editor. So when you're when you're in a key BRF, when you're in a BRF file, it's like you're working on a brailler. You are typing maybe something that, you know, maybe music, math notation, things that can't be read back by the screen reader. And that's the whole point of why many of us use BRF files. You know, we take shorthand notes. So speech doesn't make sense to those. However, 
you can export them and they will if you if your braille is correct they will certainly be read to you correctly in the text editor so you know you can certainly work as fast as you want in the braille editor and, and export and have it all read back to you properly um, if you need to and the question of will the brf read that you download from nls no that it will not be read because it is a brf file so you know it, it's not going to be something that's read back to you uh, what you, depending on the file, again, you could export that BRF and open it in the editor and have that read to you. But the BRF is not innately going to be read to you. Uh, if it is natively a BRF file, will not be read to you in Victor Reader or in the Braille editor. But when you're working in text editor, uh, everything will be read back to you. Okay, area 951. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. This is Nancy Younger. And uh, I, I love my Braille devices. I have a question. I think I've, I've asked you this before. Um, I have several calendars, but is it feasible to have a calendar on the on the BI twenty X? And also, will, will there be Android? I have an Android phone. I ha yes, I have the Orbit. I have the Orbit Writer. But is there any way that an Android phone can be paired with this with this device at some at some point? Thank you. Perfect. So two great questions. Number one, certainly something we are. A you know, aware of that somebody, you know, there's a lot of want or kind of thoughts on having a calendar or something syncing, something that's, that's smart. Um, so that's something that may be coming in the future, but I don't have any specifics on whether, you know, or when a calendar would be on in a, in a planner key plan sense from the Android side. It's a, it's a very unfortunate and very tough situation. Um, I've talked about it at NFB. We've talked about it in NFB is, 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 and other organizations have been very vocal about this directly to Google. We sat down in a room in CSUN and during 2017, and we all, and I say we, it was ourselves and the Sparrow and Hims and Google and Apple and Microsoft. We all came to an agreement to build a standard. And that standard um, is part of the USB, IF, you know, all of this stuff was agreed on. And we have built this device to use that standard. Apple is using that standard. Microsoft is committed to, and will be close to, you know, and they're making movement on that standard. Um, unfortunately, Android has yet to do that. So we have two solutions. One would be to defeat the purpose of the standard and build something that could go backward, uh, which, which it, truly it defeats the entire purpose of why we all sat down together. Or B, we can work with partners, including ourselves, to, to ask kindly, respectfully, with maybe some urgency uh, for Google to adopt the standard. And that is something that has been, um, it's come up, and I know people have certainly have very strong opinions on it and, and have let me know personally. Uh, some, people, some, some people have let me know what they think of me personally. Uh, I actually wasn't in the room, but... I was there. Uh, Andrew Flatris was was at the meeting. You know, Humanware was a participant in that meeting. But we we can't tell. We 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 can't make Google do something that that they they may not be able to do currently. And they they're not saying they're flat out not going to do it. But definitely some urgency is required there. So there are some ways to get it to work. You can, you know, go down the roads of using USB um, with with Braille TTY. And there are some some sort of circle around ways to get this going. They are not seamless. They are not perfect. Uh, Braille on Android certainly, you know, has has some some things that it, it's ironing out. It's done some very neat things over the last couple of years. So we're hopeful, but it will require help from all of you here. Um, you know, 
we need, we need your help. We need, we need everyone, including ourselves. I mean, we're in touch with Google on a regular basis, but we need help from all of our friends, all of our, our users. Um, you know, if this is something you'd like to see, let them know. And that's what we, you know, we, we did all come to an agreement and we, we certainly want that to be something that we can all count on for any braille display moving forward. If it, if it's using the new HID Bluetooth protocol, that it will work with any screen reader and any, any device that's kind of out there, anyone who at least signed on to the, to the agreement. So it's a great question, Nancy, and I really hope so. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Next is area code 614. A couple of things. First of all, I really appreciate the fact that um, with the BI units now, I noticed at least on the last update, uh, when you turn it on, it does let you know when Wi-Fi is connected, which is kind of nice. But it it does seem to take a little longer um, than I, you know, than it seems like it should. Uh, to me, I have to wait a while and, and sometimes I get a little impatient and try to do something and it's not connected. So it's my own fault, partly because I don't wait long enough. But um, I wanted to comment on that. The other thing I wanted to, I had a couple quick questions. The BRF editor, um, I haven't seen any place that shows you how big of a file you can have when you're writing a file in that BRF uh, documentation. And I know I saved a file the other day and and also used a BRF or grade two or contracted braille or however you want to call it to write my title. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be done that way or not. And also just quickly, is there any good place to find all the shortcut keys? real quickly just for those commands that I could look if I wanted to refresh my memory. All right. Good, good stuff all around. So, uh, in, as far as naming your file, uh, depending on this is very much going to depend on the, the braille grade revenue established by your profile. So you can use grade one, grade two computer braille. It depends on what you have your, your primary language profile using. Um, and also just which one is in use. So you do need to be conscious of, what you've told the device to be using. That's what it's going to use when it when it wants your file name. Same way with a Wi-Fi password or anything. You know, you, you're in control uh, of what code you're going to use to enter those passwords um, or enter those file names. So if you see it gener- generally, the rule of thumb is if you see a two dot cursor, so both dot seven and eight, you can use literary braille, which would be whatever you have that defined as, whether it's US or UEB. If you see a single dot cursor, you want to be using computer braille to name that file. Backspace with G will move you into computer braille and to come out of it, you just add space to that command. So backspace, space, and G. Uh, as far as the, the announcements and the time it takes that, I'm not sure. It will really depend on when the device starts. Uh, there is a lot of caching going on that we've implemented so that you can open things a little faster. Um, and, and maybe that's something that's that's in your way. It should be relatively quickly. You should only be waiting five to 10 seconds uh, before you're getting that Wi-Fi connected message. In general, your Wi-Fi should should be connected. You know, we, we found that people really wanted this as opposed to the tones. We used to have tones. Nobody knew what the tones meant. They didn't like the tones. Now it's funny. We switched over to the messages, and I've gotten some emails. People are wanting the tones. So I think we, we'll we'll find a way to see if we can get both in there. Um, as far as a list of the shortcuts, uh, I would very much, and, and also the size of the BRF editor, I'd like you to send me an email. Uh, my email address is on the newswire. So if you can check that. Because I, I don't want to misquote. I need to look into the exact size. I think it's 200 megabytes. I could be wrong. 
I need to look at that because I have so many numbers in my head and things all over the place. So if you can send me an email, peter.tusic at humanware.com, certainly can answer that question. And I can look to see if uh, the shortcut list, I think it's in the HW Buddy app. I think it's also in the FAQs, but I need to look. So please send me a note and uh, I'm happy to get you an answer there. But thank you for the questions. Thank you. Okay, uh, Deborah is next. Yay, thank you so much. Um, so, okay, uh, Peter, I just uh, got back from Jacksonville last night myself, so I'm very sorry I missed you there. Sorry because it would have been nice to see you and sorry because you probably could have solved my problem. <laughs> so um, I- I have a have... lot of faith and confidence, but I don't know, so. <laughs> We shall see. As you know, um, so no, you know in, in Jacksonville, I was giving a number of presentations, and fortunately, I took both my BIX40 and my NLS e-reader because I had been writing them on the BIX40, and for some weird reason, I copied everything to a USB flash drive. Um, I could not get my... 40 to come on all weekend and I didn't panic. I thought, oh, you know, there's just something wrong with the cable or something wrong with the the plug-in, the USB thing in the room or whatever. And I'm not gonna worry. And I because I had the e-reader as a backup. However, I got home at nine o'clock last night. It charged all night and then I moved it to another cable, another outlet, etc been charging all day it's been 24 hours now and i can't get it to come on so what i'm hoping is that i've really forgotten something really basic and stupid and you're gonna yeah, say so oh deborah here's i'd all love you to do. i'd love to take this offline because i don't you okay. know it's very very specific to to what's going on with you but is it giving you a message when you plug it in does it say charging or no it's giving me nothing does it vibrate all the or dots anything no, it does not okay. vibrate. So all dots I, are up. What I what you could try the, the one thing that you could do, depending on, is unplug it. And I'm wondering if you you know the the 20 second power button should reset it. If it doesn't, uh, I definitely think you know we we, we want to get it sent in. We see what's going on because it should be firing up. So uh, is, if you don't see the word magic? charging, you're not going to get it. No, um, I don't. And I've unplugged. I'm I've been holding it unplugged it the minute you said unplug i pulled the cable out and i've been holding it all this yeah pulled oh it. my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh okay so, so peter why is that it just started so well, explain that so if what that happens what happens is i believe that it it was uh fully shut down and the battery died and i think right. you weren't getting a charging message when it came when you plugged it back in so you it was still yes. thinking it was fully dead it, it should start up and generally that's the you know the 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 method i would tell you again if it just totally doesn't start wow. then we have to send it in well, but, well everybody everybody here listen to what he just said because when i unplugged it and then held the power yes, for 20 seconds you want to take it off three days power. of misery it worked yeah. It's well, good. this is why it's perfect. It says a hundred percent. It's good. Yeah, and it should it's... be fully charged. And I know it, it must be something I, I we need to replicate because I have a feeling I know what it is, yeah. but that'd be a great one to replicate. So oh my gosh. Oh fortunately, wow. you're good to go. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You no problem. <laughs> I, I had stuff in here that had not been copied out. So. Don't worry. Oh, copy. Wow. 
and right. you'll be good. Why- and definitely float me an email or something or, or try, you know, yeah. in, in some, some, just reach out to us when, when those things happen. Yeah. You should put this oh, up this as a good. video and a testimonial on your website, Peter. <laughs> I know. This is why they should pay them the big bucks if they do or do not. You know? well, yes. Thank you. No, you get the big bucks. You you make all Woo! the cool content. So I don't need, you know, you're, you're on it, but no, thanks. Thank uh, and sorry about that. And I know, um, you know, for anyone else, yeah, take it off power, yeah. hold down that what? power button and it should force it into realizing that it is fully charged. If it That's goes crazy. flat when it's, uh, when it's, um, not plugged in, it, it sometimes can get funky. So we'll, we'll see if we can get that fixed. It, it does sound like a bug though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I definitely can. So, okay. All right. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank Peter. you. All right. <laughs> okay, Carla right. should be last. Then. Carla, you have you. Were, we were at the end of the road. Um, two quick things. Um, first of all, um, is there any chance that your maps or any GPS that you know could be made to work in a Braille Note Touch Plus? Because I really would love to be able to do that. I have the track, but sometimes it would be nice to have everything in one device. And I really wish Sendero had something similar to the Apex there. And then the second thing I've gotten, the languages to work for the most part, but German seems to be flawed. There are a lot of characters that are not present in the German set. And there are a few problematic things with the Italian. And I'm sure tech is, support is getting tired of hearing from me. <laughs> no, you're fine. Is, is that German piece so quickly? Is that uh, on the Touch Plus? Yes. All right. What I'd recommend, and, and I, I took some German in high school, but I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about German. Uh, and my family who lives in Germany and Austria would be really upset to hear that, but they know I don't know anything, so it's okay. Uh, but what I what I would recommend you use is the RTFC table. That has been redone. Are you using the RTFC? So use the RTFC German tables, not the Liblui, not the Duxbury. There are specific RTFC uh, tables that I'd like. To, to, to have you try Italian. I don't know uh, that I don't even that that'd be something we'd have to take to Duxbury and I would need some specifics on what is wrong, but I know our German uh, users and, and whatnot have, have brought that in the dealer and we've, they built in an RTFC table that should perform much better. Where do so, I get that? I haven't seen that listed in the options. When yeah. So when you go to configure your language profile, you go to primary and under the literary braille table options, I believe if you hit D, You'll find Deutsch, and I think in there uh, you will see a, uh, uh, a the, the German piece, uh, although it might be listed under German. I'm just quickly trying to look extremely quick. Yeah, so it is under actual German, and you will see Deutschland RTFC, and that is the table you're going to want. It's the first one listed right before the, uh, there, there are a couple of RTFC tables. There's just quite a few of them. But you're gonna want to use those tables, and there are words I don't even know what they mean, like Kirchfeich and some other words that, that I don't know what those things mean. Mm-hmm. But give that a whirl because I know that that is something that's come up. Okay, and then about the GPS. As for that, anything? Carla, I don't, I don't. So there are GPS apps that work, but we don't have. You know, we need data. We need data. The biggest problem we'll have is data. If you're using a hotspot. You can absolutely get it to work. It's very similar to Myrna's question about, can we work with some data? How do we get things to work when we're out and about? And we, we're, not, we're not mobile data device certified. So you, the device has a GPS receiver. You can use something like Good Maps Explore, which I think is an awesome app. I mean, it's wonderful, but to use it, you need data. 
so you're going to want to use it with a with a hotspot. And you can do some things. It's not bespoke to or built specifically for Braille Note, but uh, there definitely are some some pieces you could use. Good Maps isn't in the Android store I, I, or the Google Play I store. I know Mike is working on it. Let me get back to you if you can send me an email because I know sure. I know it's something that's being built. So I need to get some. I can get some answers there for you. Okay, thank you very, very much. And I can thank just use the email address that's that they've listed yes, on uh, the totally. notice Peter, that we got from um, Peter Tusick at Humanware. Yep, it's in the it's in the newswire. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carla, and uh, okay. I will I will say thanks to Alan, Larry, Myrna, everybody, um, John. I got to start naming names. But. Many thanks, Peter. A great presentation. And when when your next annual review comes up, have them contact us. We'll play that segment from Deborah where you where you <laughs> saved her, and they'll uh, pay you the big bucks. So, oh uh, man, there I'm you, all there for you it. Go. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I really and that's why I said to everyone, and I mean it. I love answering yeah. questions. You know, I, I don't yeah. have all the answers. I don't pretend to, but right. I I do. I really do. I like talking with all of you instead of at you. So. Uh, it's it's nice to to hear from all of you to hear your questions. It, it's important to us. It really is. And I'm a blind person, like all of us. So you know, we 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 definitely always want to help and and just explain things clearly and and get everyone on their way. And uh, sometimes uh, we're able to do that very successfully, as as we saw here tonight. So. Yeah, absolutely, well, great presentation. Yeah. Thank you so very much, Peter. It was it was phenomenal, and we're looking forward to when you come back again. I will always. be back. Yep. Very good. Less amount of time, but thanks, everybody. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks so much. So next week, uh, Quentin Christensen will be here from NVDA. It's been a while. I think well, it's been longer, actually, since we've had Quentin with us. And he's here to talk about all the NVDA things that are happening, the new things. And so that should be fun. That's next week here. Join us then, 8 Eastern and uh, 5 Pacific, for another version of Tech Talk. Thank you all, and we'll talk to you next week.